<laughs> Mandy in Johannesburg, that's your big fat juicy, and I have to say you have a great sense of humor given the conversation about birds as they wake us up in the morning. John Legend featuring Melanie Fiona and the fantastic Common and the Roots with Wake Up Everybody. We've got a couple of comments, uh, someone saying birds uh, sing in the morning to let us know that you're alive and then... Greg, we got your choice. That's a, yeah, we might actually have to play that for sure. So listen up for that one. You are with SAFM 104 to 107. This is the JSB. I'm Michelle Constant. And we are talking about books and time of the writer. We are looking at that event, which is taking place next week. It'll take place for the entire week online. There are some excellent conversations that will be taking place, and one of the keynote speakers will be the one and only Mandla Langer. So we'll give you all the details for that. It is taking place. It's the 25th edition of Time of the Writer, and one of the um, themes or the theme is Beyond Words, Memory, Imagination, and Conscience. Memory, Imagination, and Conscience. And it runs and is streaming live on Facebook and YouTube, running from the 14th to the 21st of March. Now, I'll be facilitating a conversation around mental health and the the, the challenges of health and certainly what we've seen in the last year or two. And one of the books that uh, we'll be talking about and the author will be talking to is a book called They Called You Dambuzo. It was released about just under two years ago. And the author is Flora Wietveld, who is a professor of African literatures and cultures at Humboldt University in Berlin. And it, it, it's an interesting book because it talks to both the story of the late Zimbabwean writer Dambuzo Marichera, whose award-winning book, The House of Hunger, marked him as a very powerful voice in African literature. But it also talks about his relationship with um, Professor Viet Vilt. So, Prof, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming on the line um, to talk about the book and also, I suppose, the conversation around mental health. Thank you. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Prof. Wietveld. We appreciate you taking the time. We know it's um, probably cold and early in Berlin as we speak. It's uh, cold and sunny, actually. Ah. <laughs> and and have, you had yes. your, have you had your first cup of coffee yet? <laughs> A tea. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> yes. Professor Wietveld, you know... I I read They Called You Dambuzo in the last week. I had not read it before. And I found it an incredibly moving, moving book on a variety of levels. And I suppose one could say that this is a story that has various uh, narratives and they, they align against one another, some differently, some closely. The one is around um, what it means to be an African writer, and I think that um, Dambuzo Marichera really was able to engage with that in a very powerful way, also speaking truth to power. But then I started to think about as well this idea of the difference between a love story and a story of love. And I really did think a lot about how this is perhaps a story of love as opposed to necessarily a love story. But you may think differently, but perhaps you could just talk to us about that. 
Um, well, that's an interesting distinction um, I haven't really thought about so far, but um, I'm sure you are right, because um, as I was writing the book, I um, yeah I noticed that um, all through there, there was, well, what I'd experienced, especially also after Marichelle's death and the way my, my life um, developed and evolved and the ways, the many ways I still had to deal with him in in the good sense, but also in the sense of having a responsibility uh, to to preserve his his, his legacy. Um, I um, yeah, I think I I I, um, I had to acknowledge that it was a kind of a labor of love. Yeah. Whereas the the actual love story, uh, yeah, just being attracted to him and having a love affair, that was a very, very short period within this whole long story um, that the book really covers. The, the, uh, what really struck me as well is uh, I had not uh, known uh, Dambuzo Marichera's work. I had not read The House of Hunger, but in reading your book, it becomes very, very clear the importance of authors, even in a time of massive change, and in this case it was um, the, the, the shift of Zimbabwe, the, the, its change to Zimbabwe, to continue to speak to truth to power, but also not to be caught up in a level of nationalism which may in fact then cut away at one's own creativity and indeed one's own anger. Yes. So I um, do you want me to Yes, I wonder if you could if you could talk about that a little further. He and he there's some wonderful comments that he makes that you quote throughout the book related to this and there's also a fantastic story in the book of how he stands up in an auditorium and speaks out and it's a very potent moment and, and, and I think I thought about how perhaps we sometimes don't always get enough of that. Uh, well, yes, indeed. I mean, uh, when he had died just after that, I mean, there were dozen writers like also Ama Ata Aidu from Ghana who had a very sharp tongue and she lived in Zimbabwe in exile at the time and she had known Dambuto and uh, she said, well, uh, now a really important voice. Um, well, we, we lost a very important voice. Mm-hmm. He was the only one who would really stand up and um, really speak his mind. And he didn't mind what happened to him and what other people thought. And as you say, he he wrote uh, The House of Hunger in the late 1970s when um, the Chimurenga was still going on. Mm. And of course, and he was in, ex- in exile in Oxford and then in London and was uh, feeling uh, quite desperate like many other Zimbabweans at the time about what was happening to his country because at the time it wasn't uh, at all clear that um, the Rhodesians would be um, would, would be vanquished and mm. that independence would be won. That wasn't clear. So um, everyone in, in exile felt very uh, forlorn and, and also separate mm. from, from their people. 
and you get that feeling from him as well. He was very much a feeling for and with his people, but he would never ever subscribe to an ideology. So, for instance, when um, Mugabe came to London and gave a speech somewhere, and everyone was very, very, of course, nationalistic and so on, so on. He, uh, stood up and um, made some well, kind of skeptical, critical remarks. Mm. So, um, yes, he always spoke against, as you said in the famous poem, poem uh, against everything, against everyone and everyone in, in authority. And um, he just wanted the the, the free... Um, the freedom of, of speech, the freedom of the spirit, the, the freedom of the individual's impulse. And, of course, that's a very important force in any political movement or in any time of, of, of strife. Um, Prof, you know, you, you talk about the freedom of impulse and perhaps an overarching theme in the book is also how the freedom of impulse and and creativity can be not always but can be linked so much to uh, mental health to anxiety to and I often think about how challenging even the last two years have been for creatives. We spoke about that a little bit earlier here on the show, um, but also mm. just to be a creative and what that takes out of someone in order to be a spokesperson, mm. to participate, to engage with really profound ideas. You you touch on this a lot in the book, not only with regards to um, Marichera, but your own world as well and your own life. Talk to us about that. Mm. Um, yeah, if, if, well, if, if you want if I talk about myself, yes. I mean, um uh, also, knowing Marichera and everything that happened in Zimbabwe with me was on, on one side, it was fantastic. It changed my life in very unexpected ways, but it also took its toll. Mm. And so, when once once I came back to Germany, and I had never—I mean, you're calling me tough now—but that you know, it had never occurred to me to that I would become a professor, and then all of a sudden. I, there I was, and, <laughs> and and then I, my my mother um, had also died in in quite a traumatic way, so all of a sudden I really cracked. Yeah. Um, my mind, um, yeah, I dropped. I, I I fell into a deep, deep, deep hole of depression, and um, I've been dealing with that in a way since then. I mean, I'm very well now, but. Um, Yes, uh, so I've I've gone through uh, really phases of clinical depression, and as uh, the time of the writer is also about depression and suicide, um, at that time or like um, well, not very long after I had come back from Zimbabwe, also my my brother uh, took his own life. Mm. Um, in in our family, um, you, you know, depression can have many um, many reasons or can be triggered by many different things. But yeah. there's also so also experts say an, a genetic 
aspect and apparently yeah. in our family there's always been a streak of depression and my 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 brother had a very strong bipolar um thing he was really manic depression depressive so he ended his own life um which we had to respect um i never had suicidal um thoughts never i always wanted to live and when i felt when i was in the depression i was suffering because i felt i wasn't really living yeah, so, so far, Prof, you you in in the you and you mention it now in in this this conversation in the book you you talk about hey that at one point you you never imagined that you would be a professor and and you do cover that journey very beautifully and there's there's this scene in the book where as as you become a professor that is when your your depression strikes and. Mm. When I read it, I also thought a lot about this idea of how, and I forget the term for it, my apologies, how so many women who are so powerful and do such extraordinary things often are given this opportunity and they are too terrified to think that actually they are owed it and they own it, etc. And I wondered if that may have had a an impact for you as well, that that as a woman you might have thought, this I, I I don't. This doesn't belong to me. I don't own this. And of course, that you do own it, and you did own it, and in so many different ways. Um, yes, but <laughs> it took a long time till I really owned it. Um, at at uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was overwhelmed and I was exhausted. All these years, um, I had um, done so much, and I struggled against um, well the, the own. My my own threat of uh, being becoming HIV positive, uh, seeing Dambuzo being ill and dying, then my mother was dying, um, my brother was <laughs> killing himself. So, uh, and I had to struggle to to yeah to be to be a professor. You you have the title, but you, but you haven't learned it. I hadn't learned that, and so it just. Um, I think depression often, in my case, also in in, in later periods, it it meant that I had um, I had done too much. I had um, uh, I'd wasted, or I it had taken all my resources. I was just not able to um, to function anymore. You know what I mean? It um, I had demanded too much of myself. Professor Flora, um, that's, that, that's a problem with, with me that I, 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 I have a lot of energy and then I just go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, bluff, you know, then it's all spent and I can't move a finger anymore. That's the kind of depression that I've um, experienced. And once you feel like this, then of course, of course your mind starts to to rattle oh my god i'm i remember when i was uh, in that very first depression and i was in hospital in the psychiatric ward and i was always saying to the doctors oh, I'm, i i can't do my I, I can't fulfill my my job i can't do my profession i'm too weak um so that was my my main fear at, at the time because yes I, I i had feared that i couldn't own what i've been asked 
That's uh, Professor Flora Wietveld. We're going to leave it there. She's Professor of African Literatures and Culture at the Humboldt University, the author of an extraordinary book called They Called You Dambudso, a memoir. And as I said, so many different uh, threads that weave their way through this book, one around mental health and compassion, but also around the story of the late Zimbabwean writer Dambudso Marachera, as well as that of the professor herself. She will be part of a conversation which takes place on the 18th of March, a time of the writer called Beyond Words, Compassion and Empathy, which focuses on issues of mental health and even suicide. It's a difficult subject, but uh, when it comes to how creatively people have addressed it, it really is a gentle subject as well.